Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and it's always nice to have pianist Larry McDonough here. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Larry, you are such a Bill Evans fan, and you do such an amazing job paying tribute to him in all kinds of wonderful ways, and he's got a birthday coming up. He does. His birthday is tomorrow, being the 90th birthday. He was born in 1929. Wow. How are you going to celebrate? Well, uh, it's challenging because there's a lot of material. I mean, if you, even if you just took his compositions alone, let alone all the covers he did of great standards, mm-hmm. you'd probably have, you know, four hours right there. I mean, yeah. he probably composed maybe about 30 tunes that we we know of those, and there might be others that that um, you know were sitting in the basket at the time he died. Yeah, sure. And so, uh, what we're going to do is kind of semi chronological, kind of with two sets from seven to nine. There's a limited amount of material, especially if you're really going to improvise freely over those tunes. It's not like you can, you know, get in fifteen tunes in right. an hour, right? I mean, you really <laughs> yeah. need to look at maybe seven or eight tunes and and let them all roll for about you know you know, anywhere from six to eight minutes and, and really explore those tunes. So it's semi-chronological. Uh, we st- we'll start with his, the very first tune we we know that he wrote, and that was a tune he wrote in college when he was at Southeastern uh, uh, Louisiana University in, we think, around 1949, so he would have been about 20 years old, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called Very Early. I think he wrote it then and then titled it later because it okay. doesn't show up on any of his albums until 1962, Moonbeams. And so we'll start kind of, we'll start early, and we'll go through kind of some periods of his life that people know, like being on Miles Davis' uh, Kind of Blue, mm-hmm. uh, and also the Village Vanderbilt recordings from 1961. But we'll cover things that are that are less well-known. And then uh, the second set, uh, we'll do things that were later in his career. And so we'll, the last tune we'll play will be I Will Say Goodbye, which is kind of telling because um, his death was kind of a slow death after his brother committed suicide. And it's been kind of characterized as the longest suicide in history, where mm-hmm. he just kind of let himself kind of decline. Yeah. And on a later album of his, he recorded the uh, Michelle Legrand tune, I Will Say Goodbye. And it seems a very fitting way to kind of end the night. Sure. Um, who's going to play with you, Larry? Well, it's going to be my regular quartet uh, with Richard Terrell on saxes. He's also a, a Minnesota Book Award winning poet. He'll read some poetry that he wrote about Bill. Mm. We'll have Greg Stinson on bass and Dean White on drums. Love it. Uh, how did you hook up with those fellows? Do you? I imagine you all share a love of Bill Evans then. Yes, and, and the introduction to uh, Dick Terrell really related to Bill Evans. Uh, I was doing some duos at the time, exploring some new material that I was doing in odd meters. I, when I'm not doing kind of classic stuff like this, I do a lot of odd meter writing and, and recording and performing. And I was playing some gigs down in Mankato and I was looking to do them as a duo. And so I contacted the, the writer at the time for the Mankato Free Press, Joe Tugas, who's also a musician and he does okay. uh, kind of folk duos. And uh, he said, well, you should hook up with Dick Terrell, who... Uh, uh, taught down there what was living up here and so I called up Dick and we talked and you know we, we shared the same favorite pianist and sax player Bill Evans and John Coltrane so I figured well we got to get together and jam and so we got together and jam and it was pretty natural right away nice. so that's about 20 years ago we met wow. and then we hooked up with Greg I knew Greg and Dean from playing in big bands and other groups and so we formed as a quartet back around 2012 so we've been playing together now for about uh about seven years. Okay. Now you've, uh, over the years also, 
made friends with Bill Evans' widow. Yes. Uh, so uh, is am I right that she is going? She has written something for yes, you. Yes. She uh, she's a pretty private person, so I asked her if she wanted to do any kind of a video or. Uh, phone and link up for it. Mm-hmm. And I expected her to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, uh, she said she would write a statement from her and the estate. And so she sent that to me yesterday. It's just a little paragraph about just yeah. thanking us for doing it and, and just kind of a reflection on kind of how Bill started and who he became. So we'll read that. And then I'm also going to play my version of Happy Birthday, which is based on a version of his. It's not the same but it's similar where he takes happy birthday, he does a few different choruses of it. Each chorus is a little harmonically different and a little rhythmically different. So so I came up with my own kind of based on his. Love it. Yeah. Uh, in maybe about uh, seven or eight minutes, we're going to hear a track of you playing uh kind of, again, paying tribute to Bill Evans. Will you take tell us a little bit about all of you, the Cole Porter tune? Yeah, and so um, and I'm on, uh, I like that you're saying paying tribute as opposed to calling this a tribute because when jazzers are doing the music of classic jazzers, I, I, I think I can speak for all of us and say that we don't think of it as a tribute show. I think of a tribute show as something that's a little more note-to-note. Yeah. So when you have a rocker and they've got a very kind of defined catalog that and people really like it note-to-note, you do it note-to-note, mm-hmm. I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But when jazzers do something that's reflective on someone who's passed from a long time ago, you're paying tribute, but you're not doing a tribute because you're taking the tunes that they do and you're following the general arrangements of them, but you're then imprinting your kind of vision of those tunes and your improvisations on top of that. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do. And, and that's a lot of fun. So with all of you, it's an old Cole Porter tune. It's my favorite tune from the recordings from 1961 at the village Vanguard. It's on Sunday at the village Vanguard. And what's really cool about this tune is as, and Bill never talked about it that much, but but looking at the tune, what I think he did is he said, I really like this tune, but I'm going to reharmonize a little bit. I'm going to change the chords a little bit. And so he changed the chords a little bit. He actually changed them a lot. Yeah. And then and then he started improvising a melody that was loosely based on the original melody. And so when you put like my transcription of his melody and chords next to what we'd call a fake book chart of it. They look like two different tunes. And I think Bill could have given it his own name, but he was a really deferential guy. And I think he thought since the underpinnings of this is Cole Porter, I'm going to leave it Cole Porter. I'm going to pay the royalties on it, even though it's his tune. Yeah. yeah, It's lovely. Yeah, it really is. And uh, again, we'll hear that in in just a few minutes here on Jazz 88. Uh, Larry, what else can we expect Sunday night at the show? Well, we're going to cover, uh, certainly, if if you're a Bill Evans fan, you might know all these tunes, but you might not. A lot of people have not heard this piece very early. It's a really interesting tune. Given that he wrote it when he was in college, it very much foreshadows his later writing in the you know in the later 50s and 60s but but he took some detours from that if you look at tunes like um, a periscope which he wrote for his girlfriend at the time Perry um, that's more of a standard tune that you would hear in the 1950s not a bebop tune but kind of a, a standard cool jazz tune but there's shades of his future writing because there's there's a point in the tune where it's very standard and then there's kind of a what we call a displacement when you take a melody like that tunes in four and then he takes patterns of three and layers it over that so it gives you this kind of 
uh-oh, where's this tune going? If I'm dancing, maybe I'm going to fall down kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes back. And so there's shades of that. And a lot of people haven't heard Periscope. A lot of people haven't heard Funkalero, which is a tune that um, that he wrote in the 60s, but didn't perform in the 50s, but didn't perform much until later. Mm-hmm. And then tunes that um, people will, if they've listened to him at all, they'll go, you know, like My Foolish Heart. He played yeah. that a lot throughout his career. Um, my romance, he played that a lot through his career. So we're hoping it'll be a nice mix of tunes that he wrote that you might know, you might not know, uh, s- some jazz standards, and also a couple Scott LaFaro pieces. Uh, Scott LaFaro was the bass player who played with him in 1961 and, and died in a car accident 10 days later after those classic dates. Mm. Um, and Bill really featured his compositions in part because he did die then. Mm. And, uh, and those are really interesting pieces. Yeah, well, Larry, really looking forward to the show. Sunday night, uh, the 18th, so this Sunday at the Black Dog Cafe, And it's from 7 to 9. Thanks so much for being in. I love talking about this stuff.